Hello and welcome to the Abuse the Game podcast, you are wise, middle of the week football discussion show. I'm Alex Woodward, joined this week by Alex Tamp Brown and Will Harris. Hello. Hello. Newbie. Newbie. Yeah, newbie. Oh. Ah. No. Exciting, right? This is this is fun. Exciting I'm no longer stuff. the new kid on the block. Yeah, well, I mean, you were on the first podcast, so you never were the new kid on the block. Yeah, but, you know, Harry and Josh, established members of the ABG team. Oh, okay. I, I feel less shiny, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh-huh, you not... I get the attention now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone's upset with not being the rookie anymore. <laughs> My rookie of the year title is gone. <laughs> I must be one of the um, oldest or longest serving UIY members at this point, I've just thought. I, I believe so. I joined in um, September 2018. I, I believe you are the longest-serving URY sports person yes. at the moment. So I win. I'm trying to remember what we talked. Well, actually, on on my first episode, we talked about the fact that Dean Smith was the favourite for the Villa job. That's how long I've been on. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You're old. I am old, aren't I? Yeah. Still younger than you. <laughs> Don't. Why <laughs> the baby here like th- by three years? I guess yeah. so. I'm 22. I'm 19. <laughs> Not 19 forever. Pull yourself together. Shush. That, 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 that played last for me four years ago. Four. <laughs> that was the first song I played on my birthday that year. Alex Woodward is joined by Will Harris in this episode as I go to have an existential crisis about how old I'm getting. As I have a pre-midlife crisis. <laughs> anyway. If, if Woodward keeps reminding me about how old I'm getting, this is my midlife crisis now. <laughs> how old are you again? 23. 23. You know Mbappe's a year younger than you. You know things you don't need to remind me of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, it was born two months after me, three months after me. And here I am on You Are Wise, a beautiful game podcast, and where he is going off to be your host. Yeah, anyway. We're doing better, aren't we? We're doing better. We're uh, doing that's, better. That's, that's where I was going with that point, is that we're doing better. I've just realised that... Means you were born in two thousand and two, right? Well, no, two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. Oh God. September two thousand and one. Oh God. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll we'll I'm get just over. Watching you two have a crisis. We'll get over our existential crisis. <laughs> Let's start then by talking about our favourite league in the world, or at least mine and Will's, at least Will's for the time being. Maybe Alex Tamp Browns. The Championship. It's everyone's favourite league. It's everyone's favourite league. It should be everyone's favourite league. Though, um, I've been doing my annual best league in the world article again. I say annual, this is the second year I've done it. Uh, there are some surprises to be found in where leagues have been ranked. Oh, exciting, right? Anyway, we'll start then... By going through our rewards, do we want to start with our team of season or our other awards? You're the boss, it's your call. I don't he like making boss. decisions. 
Okay, we'll start team. with our, our team of the season. And by the way, if you want to know our Premier League teams of the season, we did this on URY on Saturday at 3 o'clock. We did our, our Premier League team of the season on A Beautiful Game. I think most of the show was dedicated to it, so go back to that and have a listen if you want to. So... I'm going to start then. I've gone with a 4-3-3 formation. We can diff on our formations. But I've put Seni Diang in goals for the QPR keeper. I mean, I feel this is fairly uncontroversial. Seni well, Diang. The PFA in put in Tim Krull. And Sky Sports put in Begovic. Oh my God, why? And, and after Begovic's antics during the playoffs. Yeah. No. Don't deserve no. it. No, go away. Not. I'm not happy yeah. about that. I, 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 I'm not, sorry, I was going to say I put Woodman in. I thought he did pretty well for Woodman. Swansea. Yeah, Woodman's a decent yeah. call. That's fair enough. Yeah. I, I want Senny Dieng at Arsenal. That's how highly I rate him. For wow. a QPR side that didn't finish so well in the Championship, I want him at Arsenal. You want Emmy Brandier at Arsenal? Uh, no, uh-huh. we'll Aston Villa, because that's where he's off. Hey! Uh, why? God's sake. <laughs> that was jokes followed just by sadness. Yep. Uh, anyway, so Woodman, one vote, Diang, two votes. I don't think we're going to do a combined team of the season, but whatever. Right back, I went with Max Evans from Norwich. First of all, what formation is everyone playing? I've done a 4-3-3. Mine's basically a 4-3-3, it's a 4-2-3-1. Oh, cool. So we can just, um, we can do them all together then. Yeah, so right back, Max Ammons of Norwich. Same. Same. Wow. Good good calls then. Um, Centre-backs, I've gone for Michael Halleck, which is my uncontroversial choice, and then my controversial choice, which which is Robert Dickey of QPR. Okay. I've also gone with Helic. I've also but, gone uh, with Helic. I didn't want to separate him and Mads Anderson. That is So fair. they're in together. I've gone Hanley and Helic. Hanley and Helic. So okay. Helic definitely gets in, and then we would have to. In fact, let, let's do this. Let's do a combined team of season. So, Sammy Diang in goal, Max yeah. Evans right back, and Helic in at centre back, and then either Hanley and Dickey or. Anderson, right. So who you right? So vote for your favourite. Who wasn't the one you picked? I'm going to go with Anderson. I'm going to go with Anderson as well. There we go then. <laughs> Sorted. The two Barnsley centre backs get in. <laughs> I was I was going to say just imagine Helix's face when Anderson doesn't get in, and that'll make <laughs> the decision very quickly. Left back. I'm going to go a bit more partisan and say if you don't vote for him, I will be upset. Joe Jacobson. <laughs> It's Joe Jacobson. It just is. Part of me wants to agree with you. Part of the other part of me is full Brentford bias and going Rico Henry. That's fair. Because although he's been injured like for the last third of the season, yeah, got he is was by far the second best player behind Tony for when he was playing. Yeah, and when we went on our huge drawing streak where we just couldn't pick up points, that was purely because we couldn't get the ball forward as well purely because we didn't have Rico Henry. And it That's just, fair. when that happened, I remember I remember watching him get injured and it was the most upsetting thing I've ever seen as a friend. I, I have been through some bad playoff moments, but that's just, 
Oh, yeah. So it's just sort of it really illustrated the gap that he left behind when he got injured. Yeah. So. I I went with Omar Richards. Omar Richards. See, it, it's probably a problem that I don't watch a lot of Reading, but the first time I remember properly hearing about Omar Richards this year was when he moved to Bayern. Yeah, that's 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 fair enough. But Joe Jacobson is just... He's a Joe Jacobson. I mean, come on. He actually... Who scored have him as the best left-back in the Championship, having played on that Wickham side all year? Because he was the only... He was their entire... Attack. He was their entire defence. He was their everything this year. He was phenomenal. Um, he is, for me, the main reason Wickham actually overachieved in finishing 22nd on 40-odd points. So, because we don't have a consensus pick yet, favourite who you didn't vote for, I'm going to go with Rico Henry. I'm going to have to go with Joe Jacobson. I'm going to have to go with Joe Jacobson as well. Yes! As in, Joe Jacobson makes the team of the season. Thank (laughs) the Lord. I think Wickham needs some form of recognition. Like, they deserve it. They deserve it so much. What's quite interesting, and we'll see if any of of us have put them in their team, but who scored's team of the year and the PFA Championship team of the year do not have a single Watford player? They finished second on 91 points. I have won. Ooh. Okay. Right, so midfield. Let's get one of the easy ones out of the way, Brandia. Yeah, I've got Brandia. I guess we've all got Brandia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do, do people also have Elise? I have Elise. I have Elise. Uh, yes, and I one. my final midfielder was a Javier. I got Mo Uh So my midfield three was different. Yeah. So I had I had Brandia on the right wing. Hmm. Uh, and I, my midfield three was Moa, Elise, and De Silva. Okay, so I would have picked De Silva if he wasn't injured for like mm. as long as he was. I know, but I, I, I just felt like I had to. Two had of to us put him in picked, and him. Yeah, two of us have picked Moa. Does he go in, man? Yeah, yeah okay. He's on my bench as well, so I can't. Otherwise, um, I haven't got a bench. I can't. I. <laughs> Probably should have put one together. <laughs> to be honest, it's only because I did a bench last year because I felt uh, bad with some of the players I'd left out of my team of the season on on my website. So my forwards, and this is this is not a team that would work well together, as you'll notice by the Brandia Elise Ajavia midfield three, which bad. All all attack, no defense, just vibes. <laughs> but my my forward three are. Ivan Tony, Adam Armstrong, and Timu Puki. Ooh, those are some good shouts. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm changing mine on the fly to put Buendia in central midfield instead of De Silva. Mm. Right, and uh, I've also gone with Ivan Tony because how so can you not? Let's let's face it, with the Brentford fan left to speak. Ivan Tony's getting in. I haven't put an Ivan Tony down. <laughs> I've gone for <laughs> I've gone for Scott Cashkirt. <laughs> I've gone for Akin Fenwar. Gone for Smith, all of them. Just every single Smith. Callum Patterson, uh, somewhere. Freddie Ladapo. <laughs> oh god. Uh, right. I'm, Ivan Tony's in. Yeah. My other two were Adam Armstrong and Timu Puki. Oh. I've got Dan Juma and Saar. 
Dan I've Juma also got Dan Juma and Saar. Dan Juma and Saar both get in then. Wow. I feel horrible leaving out Pookie and Armstrong though. Yeah. Dan Juma made my bench, so I didn't even make the bench. So my bench is Krull, Hanley, Morrison, Anderson, Jensen, Dan Juma, Moa, Moore and Jow. I agree with all but one of them. It's one thing and you I wouldn't think, agree with. Uh, and it's purely for vibes. Ben Foster needs to be on the bench. Because yeah, him, him vlogging this would be incredible. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, Tim Krull just sits there beaning stuff off his water bottle. Whereas exactly. Ben Foster does go-throwing. Is he allowed to do it in throw. the Premier League? I don't think he is, is he? He's he's in he's discussing it with them to see if he can do it. Oh, I tell you what, the Premier League could actually make that part of their broadcast stuff. They yeah. could de- they could be smart about it. They could yeah. be very smart about it. Very smart. Also, I love the the love the little reference to the 2014 World Cup. Actually, it was more of a reference to the 2019. Was it in the FA Cup against Tottenham? You did the oh, same yeah. thing. Oh. It might, it, it might have been 2020, actually. You know, it was when we were in the Premier League. So it was 2020. 2020. He, he did the same thing, because I made a joke about it on the second ever episode of Pre-Game. Uh. So weird listening back to that, because it's like when the world was normal. So strange. Anyway, mm. so our combined 11, um, sending Diang in goals, Max Evans, Helic, Anderson and Jacobson in the defence. Jacobson. Brandia, Elise and Moa in the midfield with Tony, Danjuma and Saar up front. Pookie's what not got It's like Pookie, Pookie and Armstrong are the obvious. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they were the, the ones bench. that I was thinking about. The They'll come on is, for impact. I've real I've realised I've made I, I made a mistake in my championship review because I said, bar I said Kiefer Moore is the second best striker in the championship, and then later on in the same article I say, behind Ivan Tony Adam Armstrong is the best striker in the championship. I didn't even say that about Timo Puki. Well, I've got to fair. Tony's not in the championship anymore, so you get away with so, it. So actually, what I was saying secretly is Kiefer Moore is the second best, and Adam Armstrong's the best. Yeah, that's go. definitely what I was going for. and not, I didn't realise I'd made a horrific mistake when reading back through recently. The issue is like, I, write the, I, I wrote Cardiff's like two weeks before I wrote Blackburn's and hence I'd completely forgotten about Adam Armstrong at the point of writing. <laughs> but anyway, we'll move on then um, to our player of the season and I'm going to go with Joe J... No, I haven't told you. Might shock you here, but I'm going to go with Ivan Tony. I I really, really, really wanted to give it to Buendia, but Tony's had such an outstanding season. Yeah, and Buendia had an outstanding season as well, but I mean, he, he wasn't Ivan Tony. Any any other season, Buendia gets it hand yeah. down, but the Tony train. The Tony all train keeps on rolling. All aboard the Tony train indeed. Ivan Tony wins our player of the season in a shock upset. Yeah. Okay, maybe not. Young player of the season. I've personally gone with Elise. 
I have also gone with Elise. I will therefore go with Elise. I was deciding if it was him or Ajaria, which... is a bit of a stretch, because he's like 23 now, isn't he? Yeah. How old's Elise? I... Is he 19? Yeah. 19, yeah, okay, yeah, Elise. I hate the fact that you're, autom- you're eligible for young player of the season, yet you're still not eligible to play for an under-21s side. So, no. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, I think under twenty three. Yeah, that's it. I think that's a bit old. I think it should be under twenty one. Yeah. If if you want to give Joe Jacobson an award, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah, Newcomer of the Year, Rookie of the Year, whichever one you want to call it. Just yeah. Wickham in general, Rookie of the Year. <laughs> yeah, just the entire. I don't actually. Squad. How many of their players have actually played in the championship before? Newcomer of the year, Ivan Tony. <laughs> that's a, actually that's a good point. I don't think Ivan Tony's played in the championship. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't. So sorry, sorry, Joe. But Ivan Tony also wins Newcomer of the year. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Jacobson of the year award presented to Joe Jacobson. There you go. There's your award. Well, on my on my Bundesliga article on my website, I renamed Player of the Year to Robert Lewandowski of the Year because, I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Um, the next award goes to the manager of the year. It. I mean, it's got to be Valerian Ismail. It does. It a hundred percent does. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Barnsley. What a year they had. And and when he took over, they were still in the relegation places. So right. it was a massive turnaround. I know they had you know the the form at the end of the year last year, and um, they beat someone on the last day. I can't remember who it was to survive. But, you know, they it's not like they carried that into this year. That would be a mistake to, to say that. Uh, when he came in, he completely changed the club again and took them to the playoffs. Really well done. Right, game of the season. I'm really struggling with this because, I'll be honest, I don't think there's really... There's not a Birmingham 4 Leeds 5 like there was last year where one game just stands out above all the others as by far the best game of the year. I think this is a really tough choice I think you're right there the amount of times we've been on ABG on a Saturday and not a game in the championship has stood out which is ironic for a year like this Mm. I personally went and I know you're going to hate this Brentford 7, Wickham 2 because any game with 9 goals just deserves a mention that's fair that's fair I, I I usually tend to try and find close games, but in all in all fairness, it's not like there was a high scoring close game in the championship this year. So yeah. I understand that. Will I've gone Cardiff two, Brentford three because Will Volks in the first half scored what in my opinion is goal of the season with that outrageous shot from inside his own half to Lobrea. Mm. And then Sergi Canos with an, a, an insane volley from outside the box and five goals and both teams are in like close-ish. At the time I think both teams were sort of Cardiff was coming into the playoff sort of battle mm. and Brentford was sort of mid in the playoff battle. We weren't at the top yet but we were sort of it was relatively close is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I've got two controversial picks and neither of them I would be the sort of game I'd usually vote for but I'm struggling. So, first of all, the the Derby Sheffield Wednesday game on the last day of the season was just insane. Yeah, I, I, it, that game had everything. The problem is it also had controversy, and I 
tend to try and avoid games that have really controversial moments. With that in mind, Brentford 3, Bournemouth 1 from the playoffs. I like that game. I that game was actually, actually yeah. utterly insane. <laughs> I wouldn't go the, for other words, but... Other than the first leg of the playoffs, every Brentford-Bournemouth game this season has been a great watch. I thought you were going to say, bar the first leg of the playoffs, every Brentford-Bournemouth game in the playoffs was a great one. <laughs> no, but every, like... Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. I'm, but not, the, I'm not just saying that because Brentford won all those three, but they were just very good to watch. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I, t- I completely agree with you. Again, we're in a stalemate. I'm going to go with um, Will's pick of Brentford-Cardiff as my other yeah. game. And that just leaves a moment of the season, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know what you you guys want to vote for for game of the season. I'll um I'll happily um vote go with you. You are a more championshipy man than I could ever wish to be. That's not a that's not an insult, by the way. You're second rate. Yeah. You're a second tier man. <laughs> Your championship and Premier League. Get on my level. I.e., incredibly dull. <laughs> When Towel said it's been a great year with the Premier League on a beautiful game, I was like, I mean, has it though? I, mean, I for one have not enjoyed the Premier League. There have been better. Uh, have you? Have, like have most you not, of them. <laughs> the, Arsenal fan, the Arsenal fan didn't enjoy the Premier League this season, really? Oh, how come? The only, the only thing I actually enjoyed, the, thing, the, the only competition that Arsenal entered that I actively enjoyed was the EFL trophy, right? That says something. <laughs> Paint pot. <laughs> I didn't. We got we got battered by um, was it Accrington? Was seven two to? Or seven nil or something? It was it was something wild against Accrington. <laughs> I wouldn't know because I'm not a closet Leeds fan. I mean, you are, though, aren't you? Right, a uh, moment of the season. I I I struggle with this as well. Wickham. Wickham are my moment of the season. Mine's a Wickham moment, but in particular the Akin Fenwar penalty. That's fair. See, I would have loved to have gone for it, but my moment of the season was the 15 seconds from Sheffield Wednesday staying up (laughs) to going to the bottom of the table. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Because, yeah, obviously... I don't think there's a club that I, I was more annoyed at at the time than Derby. Because I was watching Derby, like, obviously going absolutely ballistic at the idea of staying up. And they're like, you're expected to do a Premier League push and you relegated Wickham Wanderers, i.e. a tiny, tiny club that everyone loves, a Sheffield Wednesday with a points deduction, and a Rotherham United with, with arguably the most brutal fixture schedule anyone has ever seen. Yeah. It's just like, well done. I think I had them seventh in my pre-season predictions. Uh, yeah, exactly. Everyone was expecting them to yeah. do playoff pushes, and they're there partying because they didn't get relegated. It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's, the fans it's like being outside. a Bayern player. It's like being a yeah. Bayern player and celebrating the title. It's like, well done. You've done what was expected. Tiny, oh, just they are such an annoying club. Derby Pride Park is one of the better away days I've I've had. It was actually it's, it's actually a good ground. It's but a it's so ground. much smaller than you think. It's a decent ground, but it's just so near the train station. That's the that's the advantage. 
Yeah, but it just looks... There's just train lines. It's like why I'm not really a big fan of the Emirates, because there's a train line going past it, and it just looks so out of place. Yeah, but at least you can, like, get off the train and go directly to the stadium. True, but Lincoln Stadium, so much better. It's behind a row of houses. That's fair. Though, actually, if you ask anyone who went to Main Road in the 90s, being in a housing estate is not necessarily a positive. (laughs) You know Derby Stadium... on the Derby Stadium at Pride Park, there's still there's still a picture of Philip Koku. Yeah, yeah, there's still, still there's still a photo of him. It's like... Because they're such a functional football club. <sighs> Why couldn't they have just gone down like they were supposed to? Yeah, Wickham staying up. The bubby uh, issue is, is that... even Rotherham. I would have happily seen Rotherham stay up. Yeah, the issue is though, if Derby had gone down, Sheffield Wednesday would have stayed up because of the goal that was scored oh. against. Yeah, Rotherham. Uh, Rotherham. Yeah, or, or yeah, could have Cardiff just not have scored? Like, yeah, on, that's my on, worst man. moment of the season. Lewis Wing yeah. scored, not Lewis Wing, sorry, he scored for for Rotherham. Marlon Park scoring the equaliser for, for yeah, Cardiff I against agree. Rotherham. I agree. I agree. Yep. We don't like you, Marlon. Go Boy. away. What do we say our moment of the season actually was in the end? <laughs> the fifteen just seconds that Sheffield Wednesday yeah, were up fair. and then bottom. I'll I'll yeah. um, I'll go for that. Fair enough. Okay, so. We'll move on then, and we'll quickly go through the other European leagues that we haven't haven't talked about on, on this show, or on the actual beautiful game, and we'll start with La Liga. I went through my La Liga team of the season on, uh, on a beautiful pre-game. The only change I think I would make from that side is I would probably drop... Actually, no, I wouldn't. Do you know what? Because he plays for the Madrid White, um, Casemiro's dropped for Danny Parejo. Deal with it. <laughs> Not biased in any way. Oh, we don't on. disagree. <laughs> no one is going to go against it, so... Maybe yeah. Florentino Perez. Yeah, but no one cares about his opinion. Those three, clubs are, still, those three clubs are still, like, out, aren't they? Oh, yeah, still- yeah. Barca, Atletico and Juventus. Yeah, they're still having a private little party on their own. If they're still having that private little party, is it possible that they're not going to be in Europe next season? I mean, I guess so. Oh no, a Serie A without Juventus. Oh no. Oh yeah, actually, Serie A have passed that law saying that you can't be part of a breakaway league. So Juventus could genuinely be demoted. Juventus demoted from La Liga, but I'm... I don't think they're going to be demoted from La Liga. Not the La Liga. So, so yeah, I, my thought was on La Liga because if Real Madrid, sorry Madrid Whites and f- franchise club Barcelona don't make it into the uh, Champions League, then it's Sociedad and Betis in the Champions League, Villarreal <laughs> and Vigo in the Europa League. No, no, Villarreal Green- are in the Champions League. Oh yeah, Villarreal in the Champions League as well, which means Vigo and Granada in the Europa League and Bilbao in the Conference League. I see this is a win. This is a win. This is an absolute win. It's a big W. Big dubs. So, we'll talk about some of the, the other parts of the league then. My player of the year is going to be... Stalling for time. Can I give it to Gerard Moreno out of bias? Actually, can I just give it to Joe Moreno because he's objectively amazing and I love him? Acting as if we didn't give a championship team of the season space to Joe Jacobson. 
I'm, Talking I mean, about no bias. In all fairness, he I'm pretty sure he was who scored highest ranked left back. And see, I, I genuinely don't know who I'd give Lily. It, I mean, I guess it's got to be Messi, right? How many goals did he score? Enough. Enough, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> and 30. 30 goals, 9 assists, it's Messi. Oh, well, it, nearly it, as much as Ivan Tony. I mean, what? Is he one behind? <laughs> yes. Ivan Tony's clear of Messi. There we so go. I think this proves once and all that Ivan Tony is a better striker than Lionel Messi. <laughs> <laughs> this show has descended into chaos <laughs> very quickly. If this show turns into an Ivan Tony fan club, I will not complain for half a second. <laughs> oh, let's invite the Brentford fan on the podcast. Immediately just turns into an Ivan Tony. Yeah. I'm not going to finish the rest of that sentence. Iago Aspas, by the way, deserves a lot of credit. I don't care what anyone says. He's he's wonderful. No, right, um, young player of the year. Right, so I, I, I've got it between two players. And I think you could argue for Pedri quite easily. Yeah. Uh, Barca, but for me, it's between Brian Hill at A-Bar and Alexander Isak at Real Sociedad. I thought you were going to go with Brian Hill. That's I mean that's who I that's who was standing out in my mind as someone who isn't La Liga central. Yeah, he was phenomenal in an A bar side that unfortunately Wait. got relegated. But Alexander Isak was also phenomenal in a Real Sociedad side who actually didn't get relegated. Is is it like Ballon d'Or nominations where you get a first, second, and third? Or is that even worse to try and rank them? I mean, if we try and rank them and one of us puts Isaac first and another one puts Brian Hill first, then we're, we're in the same exact same situation we would be if we'd just ranked our favourite. Yeah. Hmm. It, it... How many goals did Isaac score? This is where he scored like five. <laughs> um, 17 in 30 games. More than five. More than five. Numbers with Alex Stamp Brown. <laughs> this isn't just about sports, it's also educational as well. <laughs> um, hmm. See, Brian Hill's overlying numbers aren't actually that impressive. Four goals, three assists. One man of a match award. I think it's got to be Isaac. Isaac was one of the better players in La Liga even though he's only 21. So I think it's got to be Isaac. With a heavy heart. My, my heart says Hill. My brain says Isaac. Anyway, manager of the year. I forgot his name. So for me, manager of the year in La Liga either goes to Eduardo Corday of um, Salsa Vigo or it goes to Diego Martinez of Granada. I don't think anyone else particularly stands out. You could say um, Diego Simeone for, for what he's done with Atletico Madrid. but Or I, Julian Lopetegui, actually, because he took um, Sevilla to their best ever finish. I, I don't like giving manager of the season to the person who won the title. With it, a it, it's club. a bit too simplistic, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Salto Vigo, to me, looked completely doomed when Coday took... Is it Coday? 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 Took over... They were dreadful. They ended up finishing in the top half. Yeah, they finished eighth. Um, Granada, for their size, again, overachieved. Um, 
went reasonably far in Europe as well. So, another great year for Diego Martinez. I'm giving it to Kudai. Because I genuinely thought they were down when he took over. And they finished 8th. Cool. Okay, no dissenting opinions. None at all. Um, right, which is the next one? Um, game of the season, moment of the season. Oh, God. Right, um, game of the season, I'm going to be incredibly short-sighted, short-termism, and go for Atletico Madrid 2 with lead 1 on the last day of the La Liga season. That was petrifying, but also entertaining in equal measure. And it gave them Atletico the league title. It was a very good game. Moment of the season, I would probably go for Cadiz beating Barcelona. I think that was Agreed. probably the biggest shock of the season. Right, okay. Um, we'll go on to the... Oh, um, actually, before we move on, a quick mention that during the Orvos, the playoff final for the Segunda Division will be going on. It's Rio Vallecano against Girona, and it, it's poised to be a really, really good set of games. So the first playoff final will take place this Sunday, the next one taking place on the following Sunday. I think we're at Vallecas first, and then going to Girona, but it should be an entertaining game. The two sides, and Rio Vallecano finished sixth, Girona finished fifth, so the two lower ranking sides in the playoffs but it should be a really interesting set of fixtures and i'm too scared to predict it so let's move on to league un and player of the season in league un yomaz right hot take it's uh it's sanchez sanchez wow that's a hot take i thought you're gonna go for and i'm gonna get his name wrong so i apologize manion manion Magnon's not a bad shout, to be honest. He's been fantastic for Lille. Because he, he did nearly break the um, the record for most clean sheets. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel as though Sanchez did a very underrated job in that Lille midfield. I'd also say um, Andre, Benjamin Andre, yeah. as well in the defence, was phenomenal. That whole Lille team has had a fantastic that season. That whole Lille team was great. If we were to give it to a non-Lille player, it would probably be Mbappe. Um, 27 goals, 7 assists. He disgusts me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit strong. Just just because oh, he's by the way, so young. I should say, 27 goals in 27 games. He disgusts me more. Oh, he had four sub-appearances, but that doesn't count. I don't care. And he's younger than both of us, Alex. Will still has some youth to hold on to with the fact he's younger than Mbappe. Is there any major football player you're older than? Or you still? Bellingham. Oh yeah, Bellingham, of course. Saka, maybe? I think Saka... Is Saka 20 or 19? 19. But since you're born in in September, I'm thinking Saka. Saka age... Yes, get him! He's born 19 days before me. <laughs> wow. That he's, Speaking he's, 5th of, of, he's 5th of September 2001, I'm 24th. Get him! Speaking of, young player of the year is Mbappe. <laughs> yeah. He's still yeah. only 22. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle of the Year is also Mbappe as well. I mean, he's not a teenager, but... Sure. 
<laughs> if you want to go for a teenager, then mine would be Jeremy Doku. Yeah. Jeremy Doku. I was, I was making a joke of the fact that he looks like Raphael from <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do you know what? That's a fair point. <laughs> I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in like 14 years. Probably. And you haven't lived in those past 14 years. I'd have to agree. That's only because Will stopped watching it about three years ago. He's that young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's so young. Right, um... Where, where, where were we? Uh, <laughs> Will's flatmates catching him Manager watching CBBs. Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. Will's flatmates catching him watching CBBs. About <laughs> that. My favorite, what's my favourite Netflix show on at the moment? Oh, Charlie and Lola. Hands down. <laughs> Manager of the Year. I mean, it's a tough one. It's a real tough one, but I'm going to go with Posture St. Gautier. Got to be Gautier. Gautier. Done. Game of the season. The one where Lille won the league. Moment of the season when Lille won the league. Just in case you don't know, but we're biased. Actually, controversial one uh, for moment of the season. When PSG didn't win the league, that is a fair. That's a fair call. That's a fair call. Close, close second at least. And um, every time PSG lost was a moment of a season. I'm not sure that was many times. I think it was the fact they drew. We'll move on then to the Bundesliga. I've already done my awards for this on on my website. So a player of the year went to Robert Lewandowski. Um, young player of the year went to Erling Bright Haaland. Um, newcomer of the year went to Jude Bellingham. Uh, manager of the year was Bo Svensson. I bet you're stunned by that because I've only said it about a million times on this podcast. Um, moment of the season was Max Kruse firing Union Berlin into Europe against RB Leipzig on the last day of the season. Um, game of the season was Bayern Munich 3, Armenia Bielefeld 3. And I don't think I've left any out. Um, and Florian Niederlechner of the season went to Florian Niederlechner. So well done to him. And the team of the season can also be found on my website that I'm not going to plug. Sorry, I'm just looking at this amazing plug. Okay, it's a sports um, blitz. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so Syria, real quickly, player of the season, Cristiano Ronaldo. Done. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's it. What more do you need to know? Inter won the league. Inter winning the league is my moment of the year. It's not Juve winning. It's because it's not Juve. Also, it's not Juve, it's Zebra. Zebra, yeah. Yeah. Also, you could say Romelu Lukaku deserved player of the season. Yeah, he'd, he'd definitely have a shout. Yeah. Fun. Okay, let's move on then. Okay, before we go into the Orvos, we'll start with a bit of news with Silas from Mangituka, as he used to be known. It turns out that his last name was false. His real name is Silas Katumpa and Vumpa. I hope I've got that correct. And his name was forcibly changed by an agent he was living with as a younger player. Um, to try and get him out of his contract with a club in Congo so that he could sign in Europe and, and give the agent a big fee. And he said that it's sort of, um, it's been used as blackmail against him and as he's been really worried for his family. And now it's time the open, he's really glad about it. I mean, this is a truly awful story. Mm. It, horrendous. And I think this is something that we don't really talk about enough in football. Yeah. Uh, the we always talk about agents and agents fees being out of control but it motivates stuff like this and the exploitation of mm. uh, of people and so far you know fifa's moves to outlaw what was essentially trial trafficking in taking 
sort of 14 year olds from Africa to go and play in other youth academies across the world something needs to be done to stop this happening again yeah absolutely and Stuttgart say they are not worried about facing any punishment for for this I, I guess you would agree that they don't deserve to be punished I don't think either the player nor Stuttgart deserve to be punished but I feel as though the agent needs to be named, shamed and hung, drawn and quartered mm. yeah absolutely so, if you want to read about it, um, Stuttgart put a long explanation up on their website. Um, weirdly, it's it's less. It seems to be shorter in, in the English version of the website than it is on the German version. So, if you, I would probably recommend using a translator tool with the German version of the article, which I think um, if you use Google Chrome, it's built in automatically. If you use another browser, just copy and paste it into Google Translate. Anyway. Yeah, let's go into the Euros then, because the Euros are starting this week, if you, if you didn't know. Oh, actually, before we do, um, Copa America, weird. <laughs> Don't get it. It's all confusing. Go and look that up if you haven't read about the Copa America, because it's it's struggling um, at the moment. It's meant to start this weekend, and it's mm. all a bit weird. Argentina was stripped of hosting a couple of days ago, and they've moved it to Brazil... For reasons that I cannot understand. Anyway, Euros are kicking off this weekend on Friday with Turkey against Italy. Um, England first play on Sunday. We'll go through some of our favourite teams, preview them, look ahead to them. And I'm going to let Will start because he's new. So, like, so, like, what team I'm looking forward to seeing? Yeah, yeah. Um, personally, I'm most looking forward to uh, Finland. Okay, that's a good actual good starting point. Let's talk about both Finland and North Macedonia because they have the new kids on the block. It's their first Euros each. So it'll be really nice to, to watch both of them. And we'll start then with Finland. Who, If you think that's my um, thing on a beautiful pre-game, I listed as my favourite side um, coming into this Euros. I'm, I'm guessing Marcus Force is a big help? Um, Force and Pookie. And Pookie, obviously. And Glenn Kamara. Yeah. And for me, um, Joel Poy and Palo is also there. And my favourite, uh, Lucas Fredecki, the um, Eintracht Frankfurt. No, nope, Bayer Leverkusen keeper. Try again. And um, they, I, I love how, and I can't remember his first name, I'm sure Alex Tam Brown will, that O'Shaughnessy at the back. Daniel. Daniel O'Shaughnessy, that's just the most Finnish name. The you know, you think of Finland, you think of the O'Shaughnessy clan. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The most finish of all the names. The most finish of all the names. So, they're in Group B. They're alongside Russia, Belgium and Denmark. So, you know, good luck with that. And, Third place uh, finish. You heard it here yeah, first. Third yeah. place. I, I can see that. Right. I think that's about right. If, if they get the rub of the green, they could actually genuinely qualify. But, you know, they, they could be. They could be the um, new Denmark, which would be ironic because they're in the same group. But, yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see them in their first tournament. They've got a lot of players that we know. A lot of players who, you know, are, are very good for their clubs. Though, then again, I did sign jo- Joe Poyampalo on my 1860 Munich Saving Football Manager. Not great. Not great. Mm. Um, there was there was a, another striker in the team who hadn't scored in 20 fixtures. I was like, yeah, I'm still going to start him over Joel. 
So he's better in real life than he is on Football Manager. But um, it it seems like in qualification they really exceeded expectations. Uh, they apparently gave um, Italy quite tough challenges in their two games against them. So they could they could play really well against the big size, and you would expect them to. Yeah, um, I, there's a lot of talk about uh, the dark horses for this tournament being Turkey, right? Personally, I'm not on the Turkey train. I don't think they'll get out of the group. I think if you want to look for a team that's hard to beat and genuinely, if they are going to qualify from this group, they will have, got, they will have not lost a game because they'll get three draws. That's how they'll qualify. Yeah. Not, not, that, not that they're playing for draws, but that's... That's the kind of team that they are, I'd say. Fair enough. But yeah, best of luck to Finland, and we'll we'll go on to the other of the newcomers and North Macedonia. And I mean, there's only really one reason to talk about North Macedonia. Gianni, Gianni Alioski is is going to be starting. Let's face it. Is it wrong that my mind went to Goran Pandev? That's fair. How old is he? Is he in his? He must be in his late thirties by now. He's in his like he's like thirty five, thirty six now. Wow. Because I remember he's... him from forever ago. I just signed him on my Football Manager two thousand and eight save. That's <laughs> that's how old he is because he's in his mid twenties there. And of course, when we talk about North Macedonia in qualifying. We've got to mention that shock upset against Germany, Germany, which really does set the stage for, you know, this Euro tournament. They have got some top players. We've mentioned Pandev. We've mentioned Alioski. Um, Ineos Badi is um, playing regularly in the Liga with Levante. They are actually, they've got some really talented players. So, I I mean, they could do well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got out of the group. The fellow teams in the group, Austria, Netherlands and Ukraine, you, you'd think the Netherlands are going to top that group, but they could actually, it wouldn't be surprising to me, like overly surprising if they beat Austria. It would still be a shock, but it wouldn't be like Greece winning the Euro sort of shock. I think they could beat Ukraine. They could easily beat Ukraine. Also, Andrei Shevchenko is a coach of Ukraine, when did that happen? No, I don't watch international football outside of these tournaments, but I mean that's still a surprise. Out of the two new kids, who do we think is going to do better, North Macedonia or Finland? I want to say Finland. I, I want to say Finland. Wants, I want to say Finland. It, 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 see, it's a really difficult one, right? What's fun is North Macedonia has beaten Germany and Finland's beaten France before, so that's a fun little. Yeah. Yeah. It it depends on who the third placed teams are. Yeah. As to how far they go, um, my heart says Finland. My head says North Macedonia. Fair enough. Okay, we'll um, talk about Alex's team to watch now. Oh, oh. Um, you know what? The one, the team that scares me is Scotland. Scotland. Right. The team you when managed we- on Football Manager. The team I managed on Football Manager to Euro 2020 semi-final glory, because uh, that's what glory is in Scotland. <laughs> glory in Scotland's winning a game. Glory in Scotland is dramatic failure, right? That's what it is. By the way, um, I would um, really recommend the Athletic be doing some podcasts called Euro Stories, and the guy, the guy on there from Scotland was like going, we only win 3-0 against like San Marino, and um, 
and the Faroe Islands and countries like that. So to win 3-0 against, I think it was the independent um, states, whatever it was called, for the former Soviet Union at Euro 92. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, they uh, beat them 3-0. It was like, oh, this is so straight. It, it was it, it really good, though. I really recommend Euro stories by The Athletic, as you were saying. Yeah, so a lot. I see a lot of people writing off Scotland. And first and foremost, I look at the group that they're in. Croatia, who are starting to age, they're going past that golden generation that they had in mm. 2018. It would have been feasible in 2020 for them to do well still. But another year on the body clocks, another year after the year we've just had, I'm not convinced by Croatia. And the Czech Republic always flatter to deceive the my first memory of them in an international tournament was Petr Cech dropping the ball for Turkish striker to score in Euro 2008 you know they, they always they have good players but they never really have a good team right and they don't really have a good team going into this tournament the standout players are Suchek and Sufal which yeah. you know if you want to do well in the Euros you know only once every hundred years do you get a Tiafanis Gaycast who comes up for a corner and scores, right? Yeah. Niche reference. The thing is, we're going to lose to Scotland. That's my bold prediction. We're going to lose. Your bold predictions. We're going to lose to Scotland. Yeah. But again, don't put me in this. We're. I'm. I'm on Team Finland. <laughs> I, I treat the Euros like I treat Eurovision. I vote for my favourite. <laughs> you mean which one's got the best song at the start? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what Finland's song is. Bold of you to think you could pronounce it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Do you know what? I'm not seeing it, and I'm not going to attempt to. Right. But right, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get it out. Can we just can have? We... Can we just have ten years? <laughs> that's what I Actually, no, no, what? no. But can we have um, the Hang song on, from that's Iceland? Vision? That's Iceland, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Can we just have the song they had from your vision this year? <laughs> that heavy metal song. No, Hard Rock Hallelujah from 2006. Yeah, my, my favourite moment from this Eurovision was Graham Norton after that Finland song going, why are they so angry? <laughs> my favourite Graham Norton quote was, um, it's like Marmite, but if everyone hated it. <laughs> <laughs> As in, that's just absolute gold. I like how I've been able to turn so many of these um, shows recently to Eurovision discussions, but I just love how sarcastic he is all the time. Oh, I love yeah. Graham Norton. Your bold prediction is that Scotland are going to beat England. Beat England, because we just never can perform against Scotland. We can never do it. Yeah. And, yeah, if they qualify from the group, I reckon they could. If they finish second, there's a genuine chance of them reaching a quarterfinal. And nice, that's, nice. That's, that's scary. In all fairness, right, this is probably going to prove that I don't, I'm not a very good supporter of England, but when Iceland, when that when that game against Iceland went to full time, I just laughed. <laughs> to be fair, if you didn't laugh, you cried. So <laughs> I, I found it hilarious that Steve McLaren reaction on on um, Sky Sports. Oh no, bold of him to think he could have done better. <laughs> right. Anyway. We'll go on then to my team, and I'm, well not my team, but the next team I want to talk about, and I'm going to pick Denmark, I was going to pick Spain, but we're going to do Denmark instead, because I feel like there's a lesser chance of us talking about Denmark otherwise. Denmark, you might know, have a bit of a history in the Euros, and I think they've got a really exciting side again this year. They've got Kasper Smeichel, they've got Christiansen, they've got Hoybjerg, 
Who does Christiansen play? Oh, he plays for Chelsea, never mind. They've got Daniel Vass, and they've got Kea, they've got Thomas Delaney, Eriksson, Martin Brathwaite, hashtag you take my breath away, and um, Paulson. They've got a few really, really good players, and Martin Brathwaite, which is going to be great for them. Um, relatively comfortable qualifying, they only lost to Belgium, which, um, in fact, their only two defeats have come against Belgium, which is a problem because Belgium are in their group. Um, but for the most part, they have been uh, aside playing good football. I would expect them to get through the group. They're in a group with Belgium, Finland and Russia. But they should they, they should get through that group and they could go far afterwards. They've got the players to, you know, win games in them, you know, small moments. And I, I look forward to watching them. Let's move on. We'll have, well, maybe two more rounds of talking about teams we like. Um, Will, you're next. Um, I'm going to go for... No, I'm looking forward to seeing Wales. I'm really looking forward to seeing Wales. Lady. Obviously made the semi-finals last time out. Yeah, that, that's the thing I'm thinking about. And No Chris Coleman this time. Robert Page is now the... Coach, why is it not Ryan Giggs? Wow, <laughs> there's a few reasons. <laughs> of course, uh, we we've got so much championship talent in there. Kiefer Moore. I was about to say, if if Wales do well, Kiefer Moore's going to have a big part to play in yeah. there. Like, if Wales get to the semis players. like they did last year, I'm going to call that Kiefer Moore gets some gets like ridiculous. What am I saying? Like gets a lot of credit and a lot Harry of respect Wilson. out of it. Ethan Ampadu's there. you got to love Ethan Ampadu. I mean, they have got Tyler Roberts, obviously I want to mention because he plays for Leeds. They've got they've got an interesting squad, a very exciting squad. Whether they've got a squad good enough to do it at international level is to be seen, but I, I wouldn't say that squad on paper is significantly weaker than the squad that they had in 2016. Thing is, I would I would say I, was, I would be confident for them, but then they had the two like friendly and warm up games, which were just terrible from them. Yeah, I guess I guess the big issue is that you you look at that 2016 squad, and that was a in his prime Gareth Bale. This is yeah. very much a not in his prime Gareth Bale. Yeah, and I don't know who else is going to carry that squad. Maybe Aaron Ramsey, but he's been uninspiring in Italy. So there's not really any top top player anymore, That's, except for yeah. of course Ben Cabango and Tyler Roberts. Actually, not Tyler Roberts. <laughs> I can be honest. But yeah, their <clears throat> their group: Italy, Switzerland, and Turkey. I I don't I don't see them qualifying. No, I I don't. Yeah, I don't either. To be honest, I I, I think I'd really like them to because I can. I kind of enjoyed watching them get to the semis. Hmm. But I mean, I really if it was up know. to me, it would be Switzerland and Wales qualifying from that group, but I think it's going to be Italy and Switzerland, if I was to, you know, guess. Italy, Wales, Switzerland. That's my that's my thoughts. I think Italy are top in that group, and I think Wales will actually... Because yeah. I feel as though Switzerland are a really weird team at international tournaments. That's fair. But they've got yeah. more really good players... And They've Jacka. got more talent, but Wales. I don't know. Switzerland seem to need two games to switch on, and by their second, by their third game, they're playing Turkey. Mm. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. I mean, that, that Switzerland-Wales game, both their first games, that's going to absolutely be critical to them. I think whoever loses, that's got no help immediately. Yeah, hmm. yeah I'd have to agree there. Yeah. Okay, Alex Hamp-Brown. Oh, gosh. So, I went, I went with Scotland. Yes. And... You know what? The Netherlands. Neverland. you got to love the Netherlands. Any team that can pull off playing in orange deserves immense respect. I was honestly just about to say that the 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 Netherlands kit is my favourite kit. I actually haven't looked yet. I should probably look. I really like it, but that might just be me being weird, but I quite like it. It's the type of kit where you look over and you go, get its number now. Go for it. Um, But my reasoning behind it is because if you look at the squad... Whew. Your squad. Delict, Ake, Divry at centre half. Veltman and Vindal on the wing backs, it looks like. With. And then there's Vinaldum, Gravenberch, De Jong, Memphis Depay, Quincy, Daniel Marlin. This is a team bursting with talent. Gotta say, I love the Denmark kits just because they're made by Hummel. Not a fan of Hummel. <laughs> Yep. How dare you? Yeah, the Netherlands kits are really nice. Yeah, but for me, I think the problem is people write them off because, oh, they don't have Van Dyke. What are they going to do? Like, you Play know, football. They're just going to do what the Netherlands usually oh, do. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. What well. are we going to do without um, without Van Dyke? I don't know, play Delict and De in the middle. Yeah, like they're an awful centre-back partnership. Yeah, like it. that's bad. Play at Zebra and Inter, right? Yeah, no, but I, I've got no worries about the Netherlands. I think they could be a real dark horse for the entire tournament. Looking at like the way that the tournament shapes out, and if it goes the way I think it'll go, they will. Pr- they're quite likely semi-finalists. Mm. I've got to say, my favourite kit. Just having a quick look through them all, is probably Sweden's away kit. I've not actually looked at the kits all in one, so I'm going to have to have a look at this. Yeah, I do look quite like that. If Leeds wore that kit, I'd be really happy. It'd be weird if they had a Sweden badge on the. It'd be, it'd be a bit strange if they had a Sweden badge, granted. Call, but... it, a tribute to point to, to call it a tribute to Janssen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it should be. Right, you know what? I'm looking at all these kits. Turkey, right, bland. Yeah, Turkey, Italy... just dreadful. Italy, classic Italian kit. Yeah, no, I like, like that. Wales is... Mm, Wales have mm. done an Austria, an Australia tribute. Yeah. Switzerland's are... I quite like the away kit. It's different. They're made, they're made by Puma, you can tell. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but the away Denmark's, kit's like... Okay. Denmark's a classic. Yeah. Right? Finland's, however... Vibe. Vibe. I'm a big fan of that Finland home kit. You know how everyone walked around in like Nigeria tops for the 2018 World Cup? Yeah. That that's the next one. Mm. Yeah, no, that that home kit is is up there for me. Yeah, the away kit. It just looks like a, a polo shirt. Yeah, it looks like a really nice polo shirt. Yeah. Uh, the North Macedonia kit is exists, but it's got a it got a big cat on the front. Yeah, no, I I, I like that North Macedonia home kit. The Czech Republic away shirt just looks like every bib I've ever put on when I'm playing five-a-side. 
Yeah. You can't convince me otherwise. I don't like the Austria kit. Actually, you know what? The Sweden away shirt. Fair enough. Mm, it's quite nice, isn't it? It's classic. I personally yeah. do not like the Belgian kit. Oh, the Belgian kit might be the worst. Neither. Oh, Neither. actually, Portugal's home shirt. Well, in it terms just, of worst, I can't find it, it. No, it looks good. Oh, I know, but it looks really good. The away kit's just not nice. Yeah, the away kit looks horrible. Yeah, home kit's fairly classy. I know it's really simplistic, but I quite like France's away kit. Mm. It's very clean. I'm a big fan of less is more. Yeah. And I think it always it always shows. Mm. Germany's home kit's quite nice. The away kit I'm not a fan of. Yeah, the Netherlands, really, really good side. Really exciting side. And probably going to play really good football as well. Frank de Boer's the manager, the um, man who had a less than successful spell with Crystal Palace. But, and here's a, here's a fun fact for you Premier League fans, that's not his entire managerial career. Da, da, da. Which they don't seem to understand. And like, oh, Frank de Boer, Crystal Palace, oh, it's like he's done other things. Please shut up. Let's, the man um, had a very successful career, which led him to Crystal Palace. Yeah, it's not that successful of a career if you end up at Crystal Palace, though, is it? I mean, Crystal Palace were thinking forward, weren't they? They were yeah. thinking, let's Back go... Back when they were forward-thinking, exciting side. Before in, before Roy Hodgson. Yeah, essentially. So, yeah. okay, we'll go on to my next side. I want to mention Spain, because of course I do. No Iago Aspas. Why? I mean, but, okay. For the most part, again, a really interesting, exciting squad. I think a lot has been made about the people who are not there. And when you look at the squad just as, like, a list, and then bringing in Adama Traore instead of Iago Aspas... Why? Then it, it can be quite disappointing. But I think if you look at the actual lineup and, like, the predicted yeah. lineup, it's a really, really good squad. And they've got some great players in there who, you know... Are going to excite. I think they're saying that Unai Simon could be the starting keeper over David De Gea. I would agree with doing that because Unai Simon is a better keeper. Yeah. F Ferran Torres scares me. Yeah. And Six goals in 11 appearances for Spain. And that's not thinking about his Man City form, which has been mm. horrifying. And the thing is, right, they're expected to start Torres, Moreno and Olmo up front. But they can bring on Murata and Oyazabal as well. They're also really good. They've got Pedri in the side as well. They've got Diego Llorente who has just come down with COVID but he is expected to play later on in the tournament. Our yeah. thoughts go out to him. And to um, Sergio Busquets who has also come down with COVID. But I, I think if you if you look at like how they could line up, that's a very exciting side who again could also challenge. Yeah. Looking at the team right is the fact that... I know they've much has been made about the fact that Dharma Traore has been going. Mm. Oh, that's, that's a smart... Fast. But the thing is, I think it's a smart move, right? Wow. And here's why. Basically, if you're there in the 114th, 112th minute, yeah. eight minutes, seven, six to go, and tired defence, and you've got that one extra substitution because of extra time, mm. I feel as though... Trial Adama Traore comes on and he frightens any defence, mm. even the French defence, because if you're tired, you don't want to see this big hulk of a man coming on 
who could not only bench you but could speed past you as well. Yeah. You just don't want it. You just yeah, don't that's want fair. it. Lewis and me became a national team manager. Some of his decisions have been a bit strange, but they've still got a really good squad. I'm I'm still disappointed if there's no um Mikhail Moreno or Saul. Or Rodrigo, but not as important. They've taken Saul anyway, because Koke's going. Not, not true. It's a very niche reference. <laughs> That's a very niche reference to our chat in which he, um, Alex Tampram said that Saul and Koke are exactly the same person. They inhabit the same aura. You can't <laughs> anyway, convince me otherwise. So, we'll probably, uh, at the end of this, we'll do our five favourites to win the Euros, but I think Spain will be definitely close to being in that list. Okay, we'll move on then. Final time around, and we'll... We should probably talk about England at some point. Okay. You sound very disappointed <laughs> by that. Go you on then, ex- Alan Shearer. We're the alternate um, version of A Beautiful Game. We do the different things. We read Das Reboot and talk about Sweden. Right, <laughs> okay <laughs> then. I'll, I'll, I'll no, be no, edgy no. then. No, genuinely. No, 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 if you want no, to talk no. about England, you can talk about England. Talk about England. No, 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 we don't know. We're gonna, fine, we're going to talk about a team that I know nothing about then. Let's. let's... <laughs> <laughs> you can pick England. No, you no, can pick England. We're discussing Ukraine now. How about that? Andrei Shevchenko <laughs> was the manager of Ukraine. They've I got don't get it. Brazilians who have naturalised as well. Have they got Brazilians in the side as well? Yeah, they've got Brazilians who have nationalised. Oh, wow. Naturalised. Not, they've not nationalised Ukraine, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I love the announcement the British government are buying Harry Kane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Marlos is playing for them. Who I don't know if you're familiar with Ukrainian history, but Marlos isn't exactly a Ukrainian name. I mean, it doesn't sound like one, does it? No. No. Uh, I think Zinchenko is going. Yeah, he's he's expected to start. Yeah, He'll yeah. be a starting player for them. The weirdest thing is, he's expected to start... At centre attacking midfield. Right. <laughs> in all fairness, he is the Stuart Dallas type in which in the sense that you can just play him wherever. You know what, Will? I'm glad you brought up Ukraine, right? Only a team like Ukraine could bring what is typically a Pep Guardiola left back, right? A league winning left back and go, Yeah, you know what, you're an attacking midfielder. <laughs> that is phenomenal. That is absolutely phenomenal. They got a draw with France, by the way. In, um, in, was it in qualifying? Was it a friendly? Uh, I don't know. But they beat Spain in October in the Nations League. Yeah. In the Who Cares League? Yeah, in qualification for World Cup. They drew in France. That's, then they that's also drew. Good. Then they also drew one all with Finland, Kazakhstan and Bahrain. Which so, is less good. You know. I've always said that Spain are exactly as good as Kazakhstan. <laughs> For me, it's Bahrain. Yeah. You know. But genuinely quite an interesting side. What what would we... How likely would, are they to progress in a group with North Macedonia, Austria and the Netherlands? Because I'm going to say not very. Sorry, I'm just trying to look for uh, something that isn't a zero in my room. Yeah. Nil point. Nil point. Oh, we're back on your revision now. I was about to say the exact same thing, <laughs> goddammit. Uh by the way, oh that kit. I think I think Ukraine's kit's my favourite. It's yellow. Just, no, just because it's sparked out there, just because it's got Crimea on the Ukraine map. 
So it's got like a, it's got a map of Ukraine on the kit and includes Crimea. So all the Russians are going. Oh my god! I just want them to meet each other. Who doesn't love football and geopolitics? Ah, it's my favourite. Oh, we do love it. Have we? Oh yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. You type in Ukraine kit on uh, Google, the first thing that comes up is three news articles going, Ukraine's Euro 2020 football kit provokes outrage in Russia. Yeah, so it's got to be the best kit of the tournament, right? Yep. Uh, I hear that they've, they've been... T- Imagine, my fav- my favourite my favorite image would be if, if UEFA went to them, they're playing Russia, UEFA go to them, I'm sorry, you can't wear that kit. It's too politically controversial. So instead they come out in a rainbow kit. Yes. Mm. Please. That would oh be the best yes. thing ever. Special commemorative kit for this one-off game with Russia. <laughs> right, okay. Um, Alex Tam Brown, any other team you want to mention? You know what? I'll I'll give an honourable doth of the cap to uh, the team that's going to knock England out. Portugal. Portugal! All, yeah, maybe you always go to penalties again. Oh, don't. Don't. I remember 2004 and Ricardo taking off his gloves and saving a penalty. I remember Jamie Carragher being told to retake a penalty after smacking it into the top corner. Well, do no. you remember 2004? No. Here's the thing, neither do I. Sorry? Do you remember 2006? I remember yes. 2006. Okay. See, I remember 2004 because I was six years old. So it was, ju- it was my fir- first football memory was Wayne Rooney leading England. Aww. Not leading in terms of captaincy, but dragging them as an 18-year-old through a tournament. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you'd told me like two years ago that Jose Fonte would arguably be Portugal's best player, I would have gone... Well, bar Ronaldo, but he doesn't count as a player. He counts as like a superhuman alien thing. I mean, um, I would have gone, me, nah. For me, like looking at that Portuguese... Because Pepe's going as well. Hmm. Really, yeah, really good side, though. Yeah, they're uh, they're playing a back five. It looks like with Nelson Semedo, Pepe, mm. Diaz, Fonte, and Guerrero. Yeah. Which? Oh God, Dortmund player in there. Th- the only thing, the only problem I see them having is if Diaz gets injured, yeah. first game, because they've taken their only other defenders are Joao Cancelo and Nuno Mendes. Yeah. They've not taken any other centre-backs apart from a 38-year-old, a 37-year-old, and Ruben Diaz. Yeah. I mean, yeah, fair enough. Danilo and probably William Cavallio could play there. Mm. But maybe don't do that? But yeah. either or. Oh, Jao Andre Felix. Silva as well. Oh, they're yeah. fantastic. Jao Felix, Andre Silva, Cristiano Ronaldo, Renato Sanchez, who I love. Bernardo mm. Silva, Bruno Fernandes, it's a great I just team. can't believe that Adair hasn't made the side. You know, the hero of 2016. They're somehow not made the side. Shocking. Well, we all know what's going to happen. They'll uh, blank house their way to the final, and it'll be João Palinha or Pedro Gonçalves who comes on and scores. Yeah, in the 119th minute of extra time yeah. against England or something. My final team I want to bring up then is Sweden. It, it was a choice between Austria, Sweden and Switzerland. And, I mean, only one of them has Pontus Janssen. So, 
I mean, it, it's obviously Sweden, isn't it? Alexander Isak starting up front for Sweden. We've got, got some really good players in there. Um, that, by the way, is that Seb Larsson in midfield? It, wait, Seb Larsson in midfield? I'm, I'm awake. Hello? Why weren't you awake before? There's an S Larsson in midfield. Because we weren't talking about Sebastian yeah. Larsson. Seb Larsson. Seb Larsson's in the Sweden team. Why have I only just found out? I don't know. Uh, actually, I know the answer. I don't pay attention to international football outside of the Euros or World Cup. Wait a minute. Why. Even better. There's two Arsenal Academy graduates going for uh, Sweden because Chris Olsen is going as well. I mean, it's not better. It, it there are three reasons to care about this about this Sweden side. You've got Seb Larsson, Pontus Janssen and Robin Isak. Oh, and Emil Forsberg. I like him. Are we not talking about Kaizen? Oh, is he there? Oh, I didn't say. Yeah. yeah. Mine. He scored three more goals than Isaac. How? Well, because both Svensson. That's how. But, yeah. A really interesting side. I, I, I think we've already talked about the memory I have of being in, in a pub in Leeds for England versus Sweden when a certain Mr Pontus Janssen came on. And by the way, it, it might be the weakest group, Groupie, because it's Poland, Slovakia, Spain and Sweden. They've got a really good chance of qualifying from that group. Hmm. The only thing about Sweden is the fact that Ibrahimovic decided to unretire himself oh. and then got injured so that he couldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, sorry, I've, I've got to say, I did make an error earlier. Um, group E is actually Sweden, Spain, Slovakia and Robert Lewandowski. How could you forget? <laughs> Lewandowski? <laughs> it's just Robert Lewandowski. And that's probably going to be enough. Who, who do we think is going to qualify from Group E then? Because I think Spain's are inevitable, almost. Spain and Sweden. Slovakia no longer have Lubimor Mikulik, so they're doomed. Um, so yeah. Whenever I think of Slovakia, I always get them confused with the good one, which is Slovenia. Hmm. Did Lubimor Mikulik play for Slovakia? I don't even know. He might have played for Slovenia. It's been long enough. Um, yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with Spain and Sweden to qualify from Group E. Uh, I'm gonna go. Part of me just go, wants to go super out there and say Poland and Sweden. But... Oh, get in. Or Robert Lewandowski yeah. in Sweden. Robert Lewandowski in Sweden. Part of me just really wants to say that, but I'm gonna say Spain and Lewandowski. Yeah. However, however, if it is Lewandowski in Sweden. You heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. We will be the single greatest predictors of all time. We'll quickly go through who we think is going to qualify from each group. We'll ignore third places. We'll just talk about automatic qualification. So, I think we did Group A, and did we say Italy and Switzerland? Yeah, I think so. I group... said Italy and Wales, but yeah. Okay, Group B, Belgium and... Denmark. Go on, Finland. I mean, I want to say Finland, but Denmark. Yeah, Group so. C, yep. the Netherlands, and... I don't Austria. know. Austria. Austria. Yeah, Austria by default for not losing to Ukraine. Who's in the Austrian side? Yeah, that Austrian side is really good. It's got Sasha Kalajic in, and he's like one of my favourite players. And Sabitza is also good. And Dilsanka is really good. And, and all these other is really good. 24 players that they took are really good. Yeah. 
basically, basically, they're quite good. They have got an out of it on the bench. He's not good. I don't care what anyone says. Right, Group D. I'm going to go with the Czech Republic and Scotland. No, England, Croatia. I'm going England and Scotland. Ooh, yeah, I'm bang. going. In, actually, no, I'm going to go England, Croatia. Yeah. No, no. What's going to happen? It will be exactly the same as Euro '96, right? England will score. Um, Scotland will need England to win by four goals to go through, and England will be leading by four goals in the last game and then concede one in the 92nd minute. It'll be exactly the same as um, Euro 96. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> and they're going to knock Scotland out in the cruelest way possible. Um, group E, we said, Pol we said Robert Lewandowski in Spain. And Group F, I mean, Group F is the, by far the best group because you've got France, Germany and Portugal, but I think it's going to be France and Portugal who make it through. Wait, yeah, do we... Oh, yeah, we said Group E, didn't we? Group F. Oh, God. See, I the thing is, as well, because they've got to play France and Portugal, there's a good chance Germany don't even get the third-place qualification spot. That's the thing. Um, but I'm going to go with my head, because every major tournament for the past three cycles, the holders have gone out in the group stage. France and Germany. I like it. I like it. Right, we will quickly touch upon England, just to make Will happy. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, England. There we go, touched on. There we go. Off we <laughs> go. <laughs> They're going. Right, end of story. <laughs> there you go. Calvin Phillips. Uh, yes. Jude Bellingham. Jaden Sancho. We're not going to read out the entire squad. Um, where... Right, well, actually, I was going to ask where you think England are going to come, but we'll do our top five favourites. So, the five teams we think are the favourites, which I know is not really narrowing it down a lot, because there's probably like three favourites for most people. But, the five favourites for me, France, you've got you've got to put the holders in. I know I know you've mentioned that, that really good start, but France, Portugal, Spain, Belgium and England. For me, the favourites. I'm gonna go France, Portugal, England, Belgium. Oh, a part a part of me really wants to say Netherlands, but I think that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, yeah. Actually, no, I'm gonna stick to that Netherlands. Okay. I'm uh, also believing in France, the Netherlands, England, and. That's three. Italy and Spain. Those are Fair my five. enough. And our favourite or most likely to, you know, cause upsets are dark horses. I'm gonna say Denmark and Hmm. I wanna say I wanna say Finland. I just wanna say Finland. I don't care. I just wanna say Finland. And say Finland then. Finland. There we go. That was easy. <laughs> Anyone else have any dark horses? Scotland. Does Seriously? Wales count? As, does Wales count as a dark horse in this situation? Yes. Yeah, Wales then. Fair enough. Okay, and that is all the time we have on the podcast today. My thanks go to Alex Tamp Brown and Will for coming on. Was it a good first experience? Well, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I'd Yay! Say. I'm reasonable company. And. We will sad Alex Tamp Brown noises. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex Tamp Brown is too.
I saw, I saw, I saw Will last night. You know, I know what he thinks of me. <laughs> okay, and we will be back on University Radio York this Saturday, starting with a beautiful pre-game kicking off at two o'clock, going through to three, and then a beautiful game going from three through four. It's only one hour from now on. We hope to see you then, but until then, goodbye. <laughs>